You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website, BuiltForTheStage.com, or click the link in the description of this episode, and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. When and kind of like, how did you come about deciding, oh, I, I want to be a performer. You know, I want to do theater or film. Um, well, when I was younger, I was just fascinated by TV film and just wanted to be on TV. I didn't really know anything about theater because I didn't grow up around it. And eventually, when I got to middle school, a teacher of mine noticed because we had a TV film production class, noticed that I was like really invested in it and I wanted to learn more. And he was the one that actually got me started in the TV side of the business. And then it kept growing because I was like, I just want to act, I want to do this and that. And eventually he got me into theater, but I was doing more TV outside of school. And I just kept falling into it and I found a manager and just was in that area. And I just kind of kept going with it. And my mom was very supportive of me doing it and then it kind of just continued to blossom to the point where me and my friends would be writing skits or writing things and recording them around the house in our apartment and just being like okay well you're gonna be the police officer you're gonna do this all right and you're gonna be the cameraman and we need this angle <laughs> just so invested um that it just kind of took on a life of its own and so yeah i always knew i wanted to be an actor but at the same time i wanted to be a doctor so i was going to school and like loving science, loving anatomy. I became a certified nursing assistant and I was just like, oh, this is great too. And I thought I was going to be one of those people with dual careers. <laughs> and right. so I went to college and I was like, oh, wow. You can't be doing both of these things. They're, they're both pretty, pretty sizable at the same yeah, time. Yeah, two of the most, uh, you know, two of the most careers that would cause you to have to really truly commit. There is no side hustle when being a, a doctor Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I took the nursing assistant side of it, but then, and I worked in maternal newborn 
unit for a whole summer and did rotations throughout a hospital near my house. And I loved it. And I really think I got into the internship because I was like, oh, I want to be a singing nurse, you know, or something. And they were just like, okay, well, we'll take a try on her and see how she does. But yeah, I got to college and all of a sudden I realized they only had a pre-med program. And I was like, oh, they didn't even have a theater program. And I was like, ah. And I was like, okay, well, they have a music program. I was like, I guess I can be a music bio Mm -hmm. double major. Yeah. And just act on the side. And, like, things just kept progressing to the point where finally they got a theater major. I was doing well in sciences, but I was like, I've already gone through all this stuff and had practical, you know, work. I've, I've done this. So I know what bio is. I know what anatomy is. I've worked on people. Um, so to have to do all these things again, I was just like, oh, no, I don't know. And eventually I just was, took the theater major. This was at Lafayette College? Yeah. In Louisiana? No, in eastern Pennsylvania. Ah, eastern okay. Pennsylvania. Okay, so uh, is it near Philly or kind of close? It is. It's an hour. I think that eastern is like an hour and 15 from New York, and I think it's almost equidistant to Philly. Got like train. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we can segue, because I saw on your resume that you also have an MFA in musical theater. Um, which is extremely rare um, nowadays um, among performers. And I was curious as to, uh, for me and the listeners, what made you get or pursue an MFA? And tell us, you know, the the perks and the advantages that you feel that you gain by going an extra, the extra mile in your education. Well, I decided to get my MFA after I returned from a year abroad at Mount View Academy of Theater Arts in London because I had noticed that there was so much training and so many things that I wasn't aware of within our industry, our business, um, that I just needed more of to feel that I was going to be secure and ready to enter the professional world. And so when I came back to school, I was just, I was just, not, I don't want to say underwhelmed, but I was more like, uh, I just need more. I need someone to be that critical. I need to really understand what my weaknesses and my strengths are. And I wanted to continue to grow as an artist and really understand my craft because I was like, there are people that are, they're only doing musical theater. They're only studying acting, singing, and dancing 24-7 for four years. And I'm not one of those people, so I want to, com- I want to compete and keep up. So I found the Boston Conservatory MFA program. And actually, I found that on a whim because it came up on one of the ads on my Facebook, which I thought was strange. So I applied wow. for them. I'd never been to Boston. Um, I have an aunt and uncle that live in Massachusetts that I had actually never met. And so I went up for the audition and decided to do that and got in, got a scholarship. And a professor of mine from Lafayette was like, well, you know, you get your MFA. If you ever decide to teach, you can teach on a collegiate level. And I was like, wow, well, that's good, you know, just in case. Um, and, yeah, I felt after going to Boston Conservatory, I had such a better understanding. I didn't know there were so many versions of musical theater, and I didn't know the history of musical theater. I didn't know a lot of performers' names outside of the people I just idolized. And because I came from a teach film background, and music background in terms of jazz, I, I, you know, there was just two separate worlds. 
Yeah. So I right, keep cool. that information. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I've always been interested in maybe pursuing that. Um, there is a, a teacher inside of me, so that's cool that you have that ability that, you know, maybe someday when you and the uh, future mister are uh, settling <laughs> down, <laughs> you guys, you could just, uh, you know, get you a, a professor job somewhere teaching me computer and have a white picket fence and all that stuff. You know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> For now, you're just traveling the country, the complete opposite. <laughs> Yes, yes. I hope, I hope, you know, either one day we could travel the country together on a tour. I hear sometimes they can do that with spouses. I don't know what the loophole is, but I'm going to work on it or just go home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So getting into the Bronx, uh, a Bronx tale, uh, you made your Broadway debut in it. Take us back to getting that call or email or text where uh, they let you know that, you know, you're your agency or whomever, they let you know that, hey, you booked a Bronx sale. Uh, take us back to that. Oh, that was a long one because that was, when I say long one, I mean a long process. Only mm. because we had this audition and this was my second time going in for it. Um, it was like, the first time I got in for it was January, I think 2017 maybe. And then all of a sudden, didn't get it months went by I was in Florida on another contract flew back up went back in through the process and a week went by and I heard nothing and I was panicked ever so slightly because I was like oh my gosh not again I got so far this time and I was talking to my agent my manager I was like you guys just want to check maybe you know just just give him a call and I guess uh Tara McCaffrey had said well she's on hold da 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 and I don't want to say nail-biting, but I'll never forget the day where I was walking Grove Street in Jersey City, and I called my now fiancé, because he was in Massachusetts, and I was like, all right, the next time I call you, I booked. If I didn't call you, I didn't book, but I just mm-hmm. have this feeling. The next time I call you, I'm booked, so I need you to pick up your phone. And my agent called me after that phone call and was just like, Brandy, you did it. You Ebook Broadway, you're going to Bronx Tale. And I was really just like, oh my God. It's just like the engagement video. Show. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> but outside in public. And I was just like, oh my. And I was like, oh my God, control yourself. You look crazy. And so then <laughs> I called my fiance and he doesn't pick up. And I was like, oh God. Like, you had one job. You had one job. And I'm calling, calling, calling. And he's still not answering. He's like, he finally called me back. He was like, I'm so sorry. I was at the grocery store. You booked? <laughs> and I was like, are you coming home? Because I am on myself now. And I have great news. And of course, yeah, I booked. I'm going to be on Broadway. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to be on Broadway. There it is. <laughs> and we both freaked out. My family freaked out. Is yeah. Crazy. Just crazy. Amazing. So you book the show. Um, when when you're in the show, you're in that theater, and you're about to do your first performance, or you're in the midst of it. Um, I like to call it like a fruition moment. Did you have a moment where you were like the sacrifices, or the extra miles that you went, or the low times when you wanted to quit but you kept going? Did you have a moment during the show when you were like? this was what it was for. Like, was there any special moment in that first performance? 
Oh yeah, it was, and funny enough, it was vows. Um, and I'll never forget standing in these, like, the rafters, but in these towers, and I'm at the top of one, looking down, and I see, like, everyone in the audience, but I see my cast, and the company is just clapping, looking up at me, and I, I had the biggest smile on me. <laughs> and I just, I can't forget, like, looking at everyone, and, like, people like Richard H. Blake, and, um, everyone taking their bow to me, and I'm sitting here just like, oh, oh my God, guys, it's okay. But I'm still just smiling and just so thankful. And I felt, I felt everything was worth it. I mean, everything's always worth it. But to know that, like, oh, I did it. That's what all this training was for. That's what all those long nights were for. All those, like, early non-union mornings, uh, those flights that you paid for that, you know what I mean, the auditions that didn't pan out. This is that moment that you say thank yeah. you. Thank you mm. to everybody. Thank you to all your teachers, all your people, everyone that's put hands on you to really get you to this moment and guided you. Mm. So, yeah, it was everything. Very cool. Very cool. Any, like, moments, <clears throat> you mentioned, like, the long mornings or the early mornings in the non-equity line or the flights you had to take to try to get to an audition and, and didn't get it, but you paid all that money. Is there Were there any moments when... You wanted to stop or you wanted to quit, but you just uh, wanted, you know, you just persevered somehow. And, and how did you do that? How did you keep going? Um, there were never moments where I wanted to quit, but there were definitely moments where I felt very low and I 100% second-guessed my talent, my worth within this community, what I had to give to this community, or if I could ever be good enough to be among all these great people and great artists um and i'll never forget there was one where i was sitting on a train and i was actually i was in a show and waiting to hear if i booked another show but i'll never forget we had this really long rehearsal and the director was just there was just notes on notes on notes on notes and i was just trying to get my head around it and be better and i was just like man like how how am i not this you know, how am I not woke enough for this moment? Or am I not <laughs> educated enough? Like, yeah. I was like, my acting skills, are they not on par enough? Like, how am I not? My impulses, they're not right. And I just kept second guessing everything. And I'll never forget being on this train and just being like, I don't know. Like, am I not cut out for this? Because I'm not good enough. And I was talking to my fiance at one of the stops and he was just like are you really just is this how you're really feeling and I was like ah I'm not feeling like I'm gonna quit I just feel like maybe I need more training maybe I need to like read a book uh and I think those are always the things when I get to those moments that I'm very fortunate about my education and about my teachers and people that I've been inspired by kind of like you know, give you a nice, like, plop on the head of, no, just reinvest in yourself. If you don't yeah. feel like this is it for you, or if you feel like you're low, pick up a book, study your craft, because yeah. that's where we get our energy from. Go see theater, go see a movie. But, like, you have to reinvest within yourself in those times, and there's been a lot of times, because as actors, most of the time we don't get the job, and it's for a million different reasons, um, that you have to sit back and look at it and just be like okay that one wasn't for me but I'm a firm believer that what's for you will not pass you so yeah. 
So if you just keep working on yourself, you just keep staying ready for the next opportunity. And yeah. that's what gets me through all those flights that I paid for <laughs> that <laughs> are no longer tax deductible. Um, <laughs> and right. just all those early cold mornings of sitting outside of one of those theaters that didn't open up until maybe eight, but you had to get there at six because that list and everyone wants to, you know, everyone mm-hmm. wants that opportunity to be there bright and early. So that's yeah, right. that's what gets you through. You know? Yeah, I ask because you know in fitness it's it's uh it's all it's a long time paralleled in the sense of there's the moments of doubting, wanting to quit, what do I do? Um, so I think a great thing the listeners can take from is <clears throat> how you mentioned that you wanted to dive into uh, books or studying or tapping into uh, what your teachers poured into you um, or seeking more of that. And I think yes, sometimes that is the case of hey you have to go back to the drawing board or you have to look into uh, more detail as to how you can up your game. Um, Cause sometimes you might feel like you're just shooting blind or you're shooting and you just can't hit the target for whatever reason. Um, so in fitness, you know, that's the same, whether it's getting a coach, following a program, exactly. you know, not just and going the, in and yeah, go ahead. I, yeah. I think, and that's what people don't realize or don't know. And even walking out of grad school, I don't know, I didn't know, that there were people that I could use. There are resources out there. There are coaches, and there are affordable resources out there. And I think that's the bigger thing to take away, because we spend so much money into ourselves as actors. It's very expensive, so I completely understand that. But there are affordable options for people to help you. And I'm always referring my friends to coaches or teachers, whether it's for voice or acting, that can just look at you and tell you, you know what I mean? They give you another opinion to be like, hey, try this. Go that way. And nine times out of ten, it works because we can only do but so much, but we can't see ourselves. We can think that we we know it, we're great, this works, until someone else says, well, then why did you choose that versus this? Or what if you flipped it on its head and did it this way? And that's, I think, how people prosper in this industry because it really is a team effort. No one makes it by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. I'm reading. Right. I'm reading the book uh, "Never Eat Alone." Uh, it's it's uh, reading right now. Oh. It's, it's about this. What it's what you're talking about? Never eat. Never eat alone. And it's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, what you're talking about. It's like you're not anything you do. It's not just because of you. And and if that's your approach, then wow, you're missing the mark. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't agree. Uh, I can't agree more. So. So in the show, the creative team of Bronx Tale, uh, it's an understatement to say that you had some uh, pretty heavy hitters um, on that creative team. So, yeah. So for the listeners, um, there's uh, Chaz Palminteri. He uh, okay. he wrote it. It's actually a really cool story. We'll get into that in a second. You have songs by Alan Menken. The, the yeah. Academy Award winner over and over and over again. You got Glenn Slater. Mm-hmm. You got the direction by Jerry Sachs. And then at some point, some guy named Robert De Niro. Um, <laughs> not sure if anyone's heard of him. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? Uh, tell us a little bit about Jerry, Jerry Sachs. Uh, I see a post on your Instagram where you guys are together and you say that working with him was like a dream. 
Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that, working with uh, Jerry Zachs and, I don't know, moments that he might have blown your mind in the rehearsal process or, yeah, anything that might pop in your head? Well, he, one, that, yes, dream come true. Because Jerry, he did little shots. He did sister rides. Funny thing that happened all the way to the floor. Like, this man's list goes on and on and on and on, right? But being in a room with him, he he's so humble. He's so kind. He's hilarious. And mm-hmm. the way that he, at least, because I didn't, I didn't really get to work with Jerry when I came in for the Broadway company because I was a replacement. So in setting up the new tour, I got to work with him a lot, which, and just watch him work. And I was like, this is a master class in acting, first off, because he really understands on comedy, too, and, like, setting things up, landing, but also just, like, really digging into sincere moments and just, he knows, which I think also um, Steve Edland, because they was the associate, works with him a lot. They really know how to talk to actors and how to get the best out of an actor. And that's what just blows my mind every time. So, yeah, I, oh, the man's so funny. He's so funny. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't even have, like, a, a specific story to say, like, oh, when we were in rehearsal, Jerry did this. But it's just, like, every time I came to work, I got so excited because you just sit there and you're like, oh, this is just a great room to be in. Yeah. <clears throat> So it's the story that I was uh, that I saw about how the show was first a one man show and then a movie and now it has mm-hmm. turned into this musical. It's very like Sylvester Stallone, uh, Rocky esque. So if you know the Sylvester Stallone story, mm-hmm. he makes Rocky. Uh, he wants to go to the producers. He wants to write it. He wants to be in it. And they're like, No, we really like it. We're gonna do it, but we're not gonna do it with you. And he sells his dog mm-hmm. at some point, like this awful story. <laughs> and then it obviously paid off. He basically, he's on like Rocky Nine now, if you include the uh, Creed movies that are that are right. out now. So he, mm-hmm. um, and then the same thing, yeah, with Chaz uh, Palminteri. He's like, I wrote this one man show about my life, and he goes to the producers, and same deal. They're like, No, it's really good. We're gonna do it, but you're not gonna be a part of it. And it was a million dollars, he said, in the interview that they offered him, which at that time was, you know, it's obviously at this time right? big money, but at that time was, Real you know, money. it meant, meant even more. Yeah. And he says he goes in the bathroom and splashes the water in his face, and he looks at this note from his dad that he wrote him as a kid, and he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm sticking to my guns, and, and, it, and here, he, here he is now. Um, I this is going somewhere, so I'm, this is for the, the listeners out there. Brandy obviously knows this um, this whole story, but this is for you out there. So Chaz runs into Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro on a handshake says, we're going to do your movie, and you're going to be in it, and I'm going to play your dad. And then, boom, the rest was history. So in the musical and the story, a lot of it is about the choices that you make in your life and how it either helps or deters the progress of your life. So in your in your life or in your career, Brandy, what are some choices that you can like look back on? Um, maybe we've mentioned some already that you feel has really influenced the path of your career and where you have gotten to so far. Oh, the choices. I would say 
for me, a lot of the choices have been, I guess, in terms of growing up, because I'm one of 10 children. Whoa, okay, hey. Yeah, I'm one of 10. Surprise. Small detail, very small. Um, But I'll never forget being younger and feeling like I didn't really belong because I didn't really fit into everything that my siblings liked, you know, just our, our way of life, a lot of the just a lot of things in our neighborhood. A lot of people weren't really involved in theater and acting, but they were involved in music. And I'll never forget feeling like an outsider because there was just like the way that my brain kind of worked and the way I felt like I wanted to be creative was different than the way they wanted to be creative. And so Hmm. I guess early on, I just kept, even though like they thought I was weird for it, I just kept like sticking to my guns about that. And staying mm-hmm. true to who I was or what I really wanted or obviously being open to learning about other ways because my siblings love making music and what well, was going to be R&B or hip hop or all these things. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, what about like a Whitney classic or what about like an Otis Redding? And they were just like, Brandy, you're weird. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why are you going back to these, these other artists? And I was just like, okay, all right. So I think that was the big choice that I always had in growing up and whether it was in elementary school to high school to college it's always just firmly sticking to who I knew I was and to what I wanted out of life mm-hmm. and I was like uh, I want to be in this industry I want to be a part of this industry I want to be a performer but I also want to be a creator and so whether it was that first teacher saying hey Brandy do you like you want to do this do you want me to show you how to do this and I said yes and I think I've always been a person that's so open to learning and open to saying yes about projects and, and things and activities. And that's been kind of my driving force is like, well, let me try. Let me see it. Okay, let's do it. Why not? Mm. Um, until you get there and you're like, okay, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not that. Mm. But I'm this. <laughs> and this works too. And if we switch that, you got me. So, yeah, I think those have been the choices that have helped me in this industry and then another choice was to do a theater workshop which I thought was I didn't know anything about until some people told me like oh you do this thing you have to load in the set you have to do this it's a lot of work but my first rehearsal I'm sitting there with um Deb Janke and Peter Flynn and these people are huge hits in Mm -hmm. our industry and I get to work with some of the best of the best and I met Dan Kanekas and Pete the Cat and I'm working on family theater and children's shows but I'm working on it at such a level that I feel like I'm in Juilliard or Stella Adler, like studying the craft. And they're like nitpicking every little choice I make and like bringing all these things out of me and creating shows. And those choices and those productions led me to being where I am today. So, you know what I mean? Not looking down at things, always saying yes to things and always realizing like every chance you get in this industry to perform and to be a part of a piece and especially original works or whatever I was like that's a beautiful opportunity because a lot of people want to do what we do and not everybody gets a chance and that's unfortunate but when you get that chance do it and have a blast doing it yeah you mentioned some names that you uh, got to work with you also in the show worked with uh, your choreographer of the show Sergio oh my god the <laughs> The dancing in the show is, is 
electric. It's like, if you haven't seen it or if you have seen it to the listeners, it's like one of the shows where you're watching and you're in the audience and you're like, does anyone mind if I get up and just start dancing? Can I dance along? <laughs> can mind that are sitting? Can I? No, I, I can't do that. Uh, I have to wait to dance like a fool in the lobby or out in the street. Like, when you watch the dance, because they're stylistically in the show too, you have, you kind of have uh, three different groups going on and mm-hmm. the music, the music and dance is all different and it's amazing, uh, each in their own way. So yeah. t- tell me a little bit about like, cause when you came into the show, you said that you started as a swing. How, mm-hmm. how, how challenging was that for you facing those numerous tracks of like what you have, the steps, the track, everything about it? How, how was that? It was, it was good. I, you know, as I said, for a swing, you never know you can do it until someone tells you this is what your job is. Um, so mm. I didn't know what a swing was. But say that, say that, say that again. That was great. Say that again. <laughs> you never know that you can do it until someone hires you to do it. Right. Because oh, wow. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was great. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know what a swing was, but I knew someone mm-hmm. was giving me a Broadway contract, and I wasn't going to say no. So That's right. <laughs> getting there, I'll never forget meeting um, Rochelle, Michelle Arbena, and she was the swing, and she was the associate dance captain, and she was the one that taught me the show, for the most part, along with Brittany Conagati. Um But I'll never forget being like, okay, a five, six, seven, eight, wait, what? Like, we're doing, okay... It, when you're a swing, you don't get you don't get the stage for a while. You're in a rehearsal room. They're telling you numbers, but they're just like, here are the movements. Let's do this. Let's do that. Okay, go. And mind you, the day before, I had a four-hour music rehearsal and then just had to go straight into choreography after. Um, so you just kind of have to absorb, absorb, absorb. And luckily, they taught me one track at a time. In our show, I was swinging both of the ensemble ladies, Denise and Frida, and Jane. So Jane was going to be the last thing I learned because they already had coverage for that. So, yeah, the movement wasn't, it wasn't difficult, but it was like, it's stylized. It, you know, I mean, you're sitting there, it's so different to do something by yourself than when you're put in with everyone else. And then you see like, oh no, traffic jams. Okay. Just, you have to be so focused. And I was, personally, I found out I have the brain for that. So I really enjoyed swinging. Um, Got it. it wasn't until, I guess, learning Jane, because she had a few more actual dance tricks and turns within the number, um, right. that I was like, Ooh, I'm a mover. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was, that was, uh, kind of what I was referring to, because there, there's some razzle-dazzle in that choreography, that's for sure. Yes, but I, I am a stepper, but I am a mover. So I was like, okay, but luckily... They were, even the associate um, choreographer was like, this is, this is you. So when you take on Jane, I don't need you to kick your face. I just, he was like, whatever you do, strong. Like I need, it doesn't need to be aligned, but I was like, it needs to have power and strength and like confidence. And that's what everyone kept drilling in me. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. But then we got to this new production <laughs> and Webster completely changed. <laughs> And I never forget walking in rehearsal, and he was like, all right, let's do it. And my friends had done pro, so I was just like, oh, gosh. And he comes to me, and he's like, all right, so what do you have, a single or a double? 
And I was like, what? I was single. And he looks at me and I was, he's like, can you get a double by like Schenectady? And I was like, oh, you know, I thought, yes, I could try. I, I just don't know. And they had me practicing my doubles over and over again. And actually I'd done one and I was like, I don't think it's great. But he's like, no, that's a double. Now you just need to spot. And I was like, oh, what is spotting? What are these things? You're saying things on a, on a spot. But I can get around. I was like, I'm fit enough to get around twice. Um, so <laughs> there were so many, like, different aspects of the show that had changed. And Sergio being very, very kind and patient about that. But also saying, like, you're going to rise to the occasion. And in my mind, I was like, well, now you don't really have an option. Like, you just got to do it. Yeah. And the company, or at least a lot of the Webster kids, just being like, Brandy, you are a dancer. And I was like, nah, I'm a mover. Like, this, you guys aren't hearing me. You're not listening. And they're like, no, you're a dancer. You're twirling. You can do this. And I was like, I know I can do it. I'm fit enough to do almost anything, right? At least, like, because mm-hmm. that's the thing. When you work out all the time, when you're at the, you know, you feel like you're at the tight, like, top of your fitness game, Right. dancing's not difficult you're not going to sweat the same it's just like you think of it more as like circuit training to be honest yeah, that's it's, what I think it's about not it. uh it's, it's not can you do it it's just how you do it because you know that yeah. you can do it it's a matter mm-hmm. of you know figuring having the two pieces connect together exactly so there was a lot of just connecting all the dots but I love and love of love my cast because they were just like you got this and anytime I felt insecure with something because they were just like, all right, you're going to sort of off this way or turn that way, double this way, you know, up, up, down, single, move it to the other side. And I was just like, okay, all right, this is what we trained for. I got this. I got this. Just give me some time. Let me memorize it, get my patterns together. And then sooner than later, I'm sitting here doing doubles. And now I, I mess around backstage a lot and be like, oh, God, watch this triple into a plate into something else. And they just laugh. And, I'm, I, you know. I'm a, I'm a dancer. There you go. You made I'm some a there in that <laughs> short amount of time. Wow. You do. You do. Um, it's all mental. It's- <laughs> like uh, like I mentioned before, for all the listeners, uh, how I kind of stumbled across Brandy's uh, Instagram profile. She's at the Brandy Porter. That's Brandy with an I, B R A N D I. The Brandy Porter, and she is, yeah, she's. Uh, looking like the definition of fitness for sure. So you're on tour right now. How, with the dancing and, and having to take the bus and have, you know, the struggles of tour life, how do you maintain your body? How do you eat clean when you usually probably don't have like a kitchen, things like that? What are the mm-hmm. tricks of the trade that you kind of have uh, taken on to continue your fitness journey to make sure your body's in great condition and that you're you're eating and priming it um sufficiently um get a skillet that was my biggest (laughs) takeaway so you can cook (laughs) uh yeah i i always go to the grocery store after either the first day we get here the second day in the morning and go grab all my vegetables fruits and i'm a huge fan of the big bag of carrots because it's super cheap Mm-hmm. Uh, but some carrots and hummus. And it's really just setting yourself up for success for the week so that you can take in some snacks to work and have be replenished. But I'm also 
highly into the routine of every morning, wake up, steam, you know what I mean? Go to the gym, eat breakfast. It just, I have to be regimented. Yeah. So you said two, you said two great things there and, um, they're often said, but people still for some reason don't want to do them. One is being prepared. So I know that probably not everyone in your cast has the habit of, uh, going straight to the grocery store, getting the things they need, you know, maybe they're eating out or they're finding themselves in that jam where, oh, I'm starving and I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing you said was the routine and regimen. I tell my clients to try to be a robot. The more we can just like press the button and just go through the day business as usual, the less distractions or other moving parts that can derail us from our goals. Exactly. Um, do you see that? Do you see that? You know, you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. But do you see that amongst your cast where it's like, yeah, if I didn't do what I'm doing, I totally would be in that same situation where I'm just ill-prepared and feeling like this tour is eating me alive. Oh, I would definitely feel that way if I wasn't. Um, but I've also noticed a lot of people within our company have noticed how regimented I am or they're just like, oh, well, Brandy eats this. Well, now I'm going to start going to the gym. So it's, it's actually this great notion of you inspire other people because people watch your daily habits and they're just like, whether or not they feel great or upset about how they look or something or their energy throughout the day. And they're just like, oh, well, if this person does this, maybe I'm going to give that a try. So you have a lot of people who are on their fitness or are trying to make better choices in terms of eating, but they also know that, you know, I'm all about balance. I love a French fry. Okay. Uh, I love, <laughs> right, right. you know what I mean? There's, I eat what I want, but I also know that like my butt will be in the gym. There, there's yeah. no other option because I have to, that's how I start my day. That's how my brain really starts waking up. Um, and that's, what's going to get me through the rest of the day. But yeah, no, nah, I love a chip. Uh, the, you know, don't get it twisted. I'm not crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's moderation. It's, it's <laughs> it moderation. Everything's moderation. So, but people, no, a lot uh, of people realize that. Yeah, they go off the deep end thinking that, you know, they do the, the binge fasting, binge juicing, binge whatever, and instead of just living a well-balanced life, because that's the name of the game. It is, mm-hmm. and people should realize it's always, it's a day at a time. Nothing is right. quick it's, and fast. Yeah. Go ahead, girl. Go with it. You know, yeah, no, it's, just, it's the truth. Nothing is quick and fast. There's no quick way. There's only yep. one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, and just let the results be whatever they're going to be. You know, if you yep. want a fit lifestyle, that's different than if you want just, I don't know, the washboard, the quick shred. And my mm-hmm. goal is always to be fit for life. You know, I want to look this good. I want to be Angela Bassett. Uh-huh. All there right. So. What's your what's your favorite style of working out? I know you you do kickboxing, Zumba. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you what's your usual? You go in the gym. What's your go to? Like what do you what do you like? What do you like? Sprinting and lifting weights. So Sprinting a lot of and, okay. Yeah, a lot of cardio. Um, I'm a huge fan of the jump weight now. This yeah. Past two years, I've gotten really big into jump weight workouts. So mm-hmm. I love. But it used to be a few months ago. I stopped now because we do a lot of jumping in the show and I have to preserve my knees. Um, but it used to be you sprint for two minutes at like nine miles per hour on the treadmill. Then you hop off and jump rope. 
and then you go back and you go down to eight mile and then you go back to the jump ball and then you come back to the treadmill and you surf another two minutes at nine miles per hour or you head up to a ten. And then you come back and then you go lift. And that used to be one of my favorite little tricks of trade. Okay. All right, you mm-hmm. do a little wave there. Nine, mm-hmm. eight, ten. Okay. Um all right, cool. I'm gonna shoot you some workouts after this to say thank you. I just posted one Hello. on Instagram uh with a running deadlift interval. So I'm gonna oh, I'm, nice. ex- I'm excited to uh to geek out with you and send you some stuff because <laughs> I love I love all those things that uh you're just talking about uh right there. Yay. Um so <laughs> one last thing. Um Two, two more things. Tell us first just how you got into fitness or, like, how long has this been going on? You know, where did it all start? Um, I've always been into fitness. Um, my dad was huge into it. But I've always felt like I've been a fit person. But it didn't really 100% kick in until I went to Mount View and they had us doing – we would come in at, like, 8 in the morning or not, or know, maybe it was, like, 7 we had to do body conditioning for an hour as a part of the program and I was just like, Oh my god, I'm out of shape. I didn't I didn't know. But by the end of the year, I felt like I was a tank. Diesel. Invincible, I could do anything. And then I came back to the United States and I was like, Oh, now now I have to push myself and that's what's really hard. Like finding your motivation to push yourself that far to that limit and like the teachers in London were just like come on let's go come me in and they were just all over you and then you'd be mm-hmm. planking and they you couldn't drop and you just you're in a puddle and you're sweat and I was like I don't know how to do that for myself so it took a while to really get there but I was just as I said every day baby steps so I would just kind of get my butt into the gym and I had a personal trainer at one point who was helping me because I was like, I want to be lean and all these different things that, you know, you personally want out of your own body. And so I took that workout. Then my friend introduced me to BBG, um, which is this bikini body program run by Kayla, this uh, fitness woman from Australia. And I was like, oh, well, this is hard. So I did that. But then the real kicker was my big brother passed. And it was a year before, a year before, I think I booked a boy's tail, and that became, I had to go to the gym, and I had to work yeah. out, and then running was like me kind of dealing with it, and kind of clearing my mind, and getting my head together, so that's when I really started sprinting past whatever I'd ever sprinted in my life, and my brother was huge in the fitness, so it was kind of like, oh, this is my way of being closer feeling like where we're still here so yeah fitness just became that but then it also just it always evolved so it just turned into like no now this is a part of my everyday and this is my lifestyle and I like pushing myself to the limit because it's fun and then we get stronger better and yeah yeah we look great I want to wrap the episode the interview with a quote uh from your website which is I'm a fitness girl trying to be in uh, Black Panther 2, hashtag yeah. goals. That, made, that had me on the ground. I'm a fitness girl trying to be in Black Panther 2, hashtag goals. I just watched um, Infinity Wars, um, which oh. the Black Panther uh, characters oh, yeah. are in. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my my two dogs. I just got a new dog. Her name is uh, Pepper Potts after uh, Iron Man's love interest. Because my first dog, <laughs> my first dog's name is Thor. So not I'm not even a, I'm not even a huge Marvel. I well I am now, but like at first I just happened to see the Thor movie. Uh-huh. At the time, I got my dog, and my dog, his name was Simba at the time, and I just, oh. for whatever reason, I was like, mm, I don't know if I can go with Simba, I don't know. So I saw uh, Thor, and that's all that happened, but yeah, when I saw that quote, um, you could you should totally be in Black Panther, you should be that leading woman just tearing things up with those, what do they have, those long, like, spears, and they're just yeah. like, cranking that's you. Oh, that's, that's you. I'm all. trying. I'm trying. Marvel is my life. Okay, I love. I love Marvel all of my life. Black <laughs> Panther two. It's not Black Panther two. I'm thinking the spinoff with the warrior women. That's uh-huh. one of them. I'm gonna be there. Uh, that's all right. Life. Let's put that out <laughs> in the universe. You, you are yes. doing that. <laughs> all right. So for those of you listening, you can find Brandy, uh, you can find her on our website, brandy-porter.com. Once again, that's Brandy with an I. Uh, you can follow her on the Insta at the Brandy Porter. Once again, Brandy with an I. Any, uh, anywhere else we can find you or anything you want to shout out to the listeners before we go? No, just keep working, keep pushing, be nice. Oh, uh, there like, you go. Yeah, you know, we'll call it the world needs a little bit more love, right? It does, always. <laughs> okay, Brandy, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed out there. Yeah. Yes, have a, have a great time in Denver. Um, good luck breathing on stage. And enjoy the, enjoy, the, enjoy the mountains, okay? Thank you so much. Have a good day. You as well, Brandy. I'll see you. Bye. And that'll do it with Brandy Porter. Hope you enjoyed. If you want to check out Brandy on Instagram, she's at the Brandy Porter, and her first name is spelled with an I at the end. Once again, if you like the podcast, rate, subscribe, comment would mean a lot. Would love to work with you. Head to the website builtforthestage.com or go to Instagram at builtforthestage. Shoot me a message. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.